The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the ninth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease, every sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out the laborers into his harvest. Then Jesus summoned the 12 and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out, to cure every disease and every sickness. These are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, known as Peter, and his brother Andrew. James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. Philip and Bartholomew. Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector. James, the son of Amavius, maybe. And um, Titus, the son of Canaan, and Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. These 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Go nowhere among the, the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go gather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you, as you go, proclaim the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Cure the sick, raise the dead, clean the less lepers, cast out demons. You received without payment, you give without, you have received without payment, give without payment, take no gold, silver, or copper in your belts, no bag for your journey, or two, or two tunics, or sandals, or a staff, for laborers deserve their food. Whatever village or town you enter, go out, who is, go out to who it is worthy, and stay there until you leave. As you enter the house, greet it. If the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. If it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, shake off the dust of your feet as you leave that house or town. Truly, I tell you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. See, I am sending you out like sheep in the midst of wolves, so be wise as servants and innocent as doves. Beware of them, for they will hand you over to councils, flog you in their synagogues, and you will be dragged before governors and kings because of me, as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. When they hand you over, do not worry about how you are to speak or what you are to say, for what you are to say will be given to you at that time, for it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of our Father speaking through you. Brother will betray brother, brother to death, and the father his child, and children will ri rise up against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all because of my name. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. When you persecute, when they persecute you, 
in one town, flee to the next. For truly I tell you, you will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. The Gospel of our Lord. Again, morning. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be in joy of the creative universe made and its continued evolution. There are so many themes in today's gospel lesson. Jesus' compassion for the common person with warnings concerning how they, we, can be led astray and used by those in and seeking power. The need for people of faith to spread the good news of the kingdom of God. The commissioning of his 12 disciples. Whom to attend to at this point in his ministry. I love the analogy of the sandals and the dust. Um, I've always tried to do that myself, in a way, when I visit other churches. Then the cost of discipleship, the possible and eventual persecution. As I've been preparing this reflection, my prayer is what today's gospel reading says. So do not worry how you speak or what you say, for what you say will be given to you at that time. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of our Father speaking through you. Truthfully, my real, real prayer was, is, and is now much simpler. Please, Lord, do not let me screw up, and please work through me in this speaking. This gospel, for me, implies a deep trust and guidance from the Father, which two Sundays ago we affirmed as a presence within us and surrounding us of the Holy Spirit. The presence of the divine trinity sustains me comforts me every day in my waking hours, in my dreaming hours, and in troubled and in joyful hours. I pray the same is true for you. The gospel opens with Jesus on the move. I can imagine him and his followers always walking, never stopping. Jesus always ahead of his followers and us trying to catch up and match his fervor. So much to accomplish in this phase of his ministry, of announcing the new kingdom, the good news, attending to people's direct needs of physical, curing sickness and raising the dead, mental needs such as casting out demons, and spiritual needs such as forgiveness of sin. I hear his lament speaking about himself as a son of man, he says, foxes have holes and birds have the air and have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Matthew 8, 20. Jesus calls his disciples and gives them a mission and authority to spread, to be the good news of the kingdom of the Father. I believe this is a passage where Lutherans used to grant authority given to the clergy. Continually on the move, the disciples go out to the various villages, both small and large. What were the living conditions in Roman Palestine in the first century like? They did not have TV, video games, movies, or even books to read. 
In fact, the total literacy rate of the Jews in Israel in the first centuries was probably less than 3%. While this, seemed, may, while this may seem very low by today's standards, it was relatively high in the ancient world. If we ignore the women on the ground of them not participating in that society, take into consideration children above the age of seven only, forget the, far, the faraway farmers and regard the literacy of the non-educated people, then the literacy rate might be about 20% in Israel, a high rate, actually, in traditional society. I imagine most of their days were working to provide the daily food, clothing, and shelter, like, our, like most of humanity today, and the immigrants that we have in this country, and, then, and we can look at our 19th century pioneers of our own time. What was their entertainment? What was their free time? Or what did they do with their free time? Can you imagine how entertaining it was for the first century Palestine, Palestinians for strangers, sometimes relatives, i.e. the 12 disciples performing miracles and proclaiming the good news, healing and casting out the demons? Did those actions and miracles bring people closer to the divine? Did those actions by the disciples bring more people to Jesus' mission, into grace, or closer to the Father. Now, forgive my uh, digression. One of my most troubling parts of this reading um, is that Jesus, the Son of Man, uh, is the passage Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go gather the lost sheep of the house of Israel. If I may suggest, I have observed, one of the conditions of being human is growth and change. We confess that Jesus was truly human. Certainly Jesus grew from being a baby, into an adolescent, into a young adult, into a man with a mission from God. His first mission was to the people of Israel, which naturally and gladfully change to embrace all of humanity. Faith is about growth and, ever and is ever-changing throughout our lives. We are blessed by grace to be children of the Father. I assume all of us are Gentiles, so our first, his first mission would not be us. Um, why and how are we included in his early mission? And yet so many scripture passages tell us of the Good Samaritan, of the centurion, centurion's faith in Jesus to heal, and of the woman and people at the well. Biologically, most of our ancestors are Northern European, Danes, Danes Swedes, Germans, Norwegians, and Picts. How did they come about being a Christian? It is suggested that many of our ancestors embrace a loving one God, versus the pantheon of angry, vengeful gods, which was um, current in that culture. More likely, our ancestors, were, our ancestors were converted to Christianity by the threat of violence and death, violence being used to force cultural change and violence used to create power. As an example, 
During the Saxon Wars, Charlemagne, the king of the Franks, forcibly, convert, forcibly converted the Saxons from their Germanic paganism by the way of war, warfare and the law upon their conquests. An example of the Massacre of Verdun in 782, when Charlemagne reportedly had 4,500 captive Saxons massacred for not converting. In this present day, how do we come about the good news? I think we start with knowing how we come to our own faith. Where and when, where and when does the Holy Spirit fill us? Take a moment to remember when you felt blessed, when God's good news touched you. Affirm your faith. I think there are quiet moments and mountaintop moments in our lives, in our faith journey. Um, my personal, one of my personal stories is I was a 20-year-old staff member of a Lutheran Bible camp called Agape. A Saturday, on a Saturday evening after all the campers had left, um, we, had, we gathered in an old rustic 19th century barn loft, which we called the upper room for worship service. You can imagine the sun was setting, the golden light was streaming through the windows. We were a staff, we were in fellowship, and we were doing a circle dancing as part of communion. A moment of, a moment of release, sensing not our body, but the wider world, the both physical and spiritual world all around us of the Lord. Some of my quiet moments have been attending worship with all of you. What, are, what have been, what are your mountaintop moments? What have and what are your quiet moments of faith? We are part of the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, who among us is called to be evangelical who among us are call, called to be laborers of the new kingdom. Are we all missionaries? How are we to go about speaking and being the good news? This year's adult class struggled with that very question by reading Dietrich Bonhoeffer's um, book, The Life Together. Examples of compassion and empathy, being involved with, with and being there for others, giving our resources to organizations that work on healing mind and body and spirit, being willing to talk to others concerning our faith in the Lord. The easy way out is just saying and believing, trust in the Holy Spirit, right? And being, but we are being present for ourselves and others. That seems simple, but my hope is that the Holy Spirit fills us. So that so, what are each of yours answers to mission? Are you going to be a laborer? To being evangelical? To bring about the kingdom of God, the good news? Are you on the move? Walking in and with Jesus' present? Let me end with a prayer. Holy Spirit, come and fill us with good news of faith and grace. 
walk beside us and motivate us forward. Help us to be examples of agape. Give us the strength in times of testing, adversity, to be what God has made us to be. Help us to bring about the kingdom every day, every night, every moment. In Jesus' name, the divine Christ. Amen.